All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Michael Broadcorp is a former deputy chair of the Minnesota Republican Party, former communications director for the Republican Caucus in the Minnesota Senate, now a political commentator, a journalist. He joins us now on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. We'll get to the Iowa caucus, but I was just talking about if Michael Broadcorp, if you're on that Alaska Airlines plane and a hole is blown open and you land safely, but you think, you know, it's over, is $1,500 from the airline enough for you? No way. No Thank way. I would not, it would not be enough. It would not be enough. That would not be enough. What's the number? Uh, What's the number? Definitely more than 1500 yes. That's for sure. I think, we, I think we would probably be talking five figures at least. Yeah. Uh, Dave was five. I said six figures. There's only 177 yeah. people on that plane. Give me six figures. Yep. A pretty traumatic event uh, to probably have a, a window blowout like that, and uh, uh, $1,500 is not enough to cover it. Any surprises last night in what you observed from Iowa? The polls were pretty accurate in uh, Trump's uh, significant victory there. Yeah, correct. In interest of full disclosure, I- I've never been a Trump guy. Yep. Uh, but that being said, not surprised by the results last night, except the fact that he won uh, basically, I think he won all the counties of the 99 counties in Iowa. I think he won 99 or 90, won 98 of them Eight. or all 99. 98, I think, 98. I think Haley won one county, yep. I think she won Johnson County. I think it was the only county that she pretend, that she won. So that was surprising to me, the sheer dominance. Um, you know, I expected, I've been saying for a pretty long time that I think Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. And so um, the results last night, just I think the spread, although, was a bit surprising. Um, you know, I had thought... Trump would win. I thought DeSantis would come in sec- uh, second, and I thought Haley would come in third. I think what was, what was surprising was Trump was over 50%. Yep. And so for a lot of people that have been talking about these other candidates, you know, as much as I've kind of believed that Trump is going to be the nominee, and it, it's long, I thought it's long been over with, these campaigns have been out there aggressively, aggressively, aggressively trying to make the case that there's, there's, a, there's a viability for another candidate. And I think last evening was a splash of cold water in a lot of their faces that this thing is Trump is absolutely in the driver's seat. And there's been a lot of speculation, I think, amongst these other campaigns that there's been another viable path. And I think last night kind of closed the door on that. I think it's very clear that this is as much as ambassador, as much as I would like Ambassador Haley's position to be correct, that this is a two person race. This is really a one person race right now. And, and it's Trump is in the driver's seat, and, and he's lapped the other candidates right now. And I think the results are pretty clear about that from last night. So barring, so barring, uh, you know, a conviction in, in one of the many, uh, many legal cases Donald Trump is facing, and perhaps even in spite of a conviction, you think this is still Donald Trump's? Uh, Donald Trump is the nominee. Yes, and I, I think you know, based on some of the numbers, some of the polling, and I think that's going to be. I think you really hit on a really good question there, Adam, which is what impact any conviction will have on Donald Trump's path to the nomination. Because I think ultimately 
I, you know, Ron DeSantis invested a lot of resources and time into into Iowa. Uh, so did Nikki Haley. Uh, Donald Trump's approach to Iowa was a bit different than other candidates. Now, a bunch of in-laws that live in Iowa, and one of the one of the really kind of nice things about the Iowa caucuses is that people in Iowa want to get um, they want to get that one-on-one time with the candidates. Donald Trump did fewer events than the other candidates did. He did larger events, I would say, than the other candidates did. And so uh, that's what's going to be interesting. So he took a a little bit of a less traditional path in Iowa, but he dominated. Those are big numbers. And so absent the conviction um, and absent some of those other things, it's going to be tough to see how you stop Donald Trump from getting the nomination. And I think as this race pivots to we now go to New Hampshire, which is next Tuesday, uh, a week from a week from today is New is New Hampshire. I think we now get into a situation if he does well in New Hampshire, and more people I think start to come to the realization that this is kind of an unstoppable train. You're going to start to have to have conversations and not just overlay the caucus and primary map, which you're really going to have to overlay, Adam, to your question or to your statement is look at some of the criminal trials that are happening mm-hmm. and see if any of those could potentially create some hurdles or hiccups. So the path forward for DeSantis and Nikki Haley, uh, who feels worse about those results this morning of those two candidates? I believe that, that and as I said this kind of consistently, that DeSantis put all of his eggs in, in yeah. Iowa. Yep. And, and it's, it may be, you know, to the, to, to the average listener, to the average kind of observer, well, you'd say, well, DeSantis finished in second place and Haley is in third place. Uh, how could she be doing better? But DeSantis, the expectations were that DeSantis was going to perform well in, and have it be, a, if not win the state, it would certainly be a close second. And it was not much of a close second between him and him and Trump. And so the question is, what's the path for what's the path for DeSantis? You're next going to go to New Hampshire. Uh, Haley, I think, where's what's where is DeSantis going to get a win in one of these in one of these states now? What's interesting is is you get to New, you get to South Carolina, which was a big state. Haley is Haley is is gonna have a problem in, in yes. her home state of South Carolina, yeah. I think. And so you got to look at who's gonna get some momentum. And right now, um, it's a good horse race to follow. But I just DeSantis is is really they set they did not set the expectations game very well. I mean, I think that they had a lot of expectations set pretty high. And politics is about is about lowering expectations and then meeting them. Right. And I think that the the, the distinction and the displacement between Trump and DeSantis in second uh, was more than I think even the, is what's much more than what the DeSantis people set expectations for. I will say I think Nikki Haley's campaign did a very good job of setting expectations, which made her ability to go up last night, even though she finished in third place and say this is a two-person race, much more of a credible message. I agree with you. I think based on the effort put into the race by Ron DeSantis, I think it is a more disappointing result for him than it is for for Nikki Haley. I agree with you on that. Um, Another question I was going to ask here. Obviously, this is based on, you know, 110, 115,000 pretty much hardcore Republican uh, Party activists in Iowa. Uh, for the average, I guess, more moderate Republican, maybe like yourself or an independent, they look at last night's results and what happens. Does that have a lot of impact on how they view this race so far? 
I think that, you know, yes. I mean, it does from the perspective of, I mean, it's, it is, it is a process. I mean, it began at seven o'clock at night. It is a little bit of a time commitment uh, in order to do it. Um, I think what the, the wake up call is in terms of people is, what's the plan? What, what is, what is plan B related to Trump? Yep. Because as I said, he, it's right now, I've, I've long felt it's been an unstoppable train. I think last night was a reality of that to, to many more people. And so the likelihood that Trump is going to be the nominee, I think is starting to seep in today to much more people and how that's going to message and what that's going to do is going to be very interesting to see. Um, I, I don't think that Donald Trump, his campaign is going to be, swayed by uh, polling, um, messaging, or any type of stuff. I will say something that is interesting um, related to his perspective and his approach. His speech last night in Iowa was much more magnanimous yes. than I had expected it to be. And when they started to take teleprompters down, and I, we, there were some reports that, well, the teleprompters are coming down. That made me think, oh, boy, he's really going to come out swinging. Yep. And his message uh, was very magnanimous in terms in, in Trump, as magnanimous yes. as Trump can be. Right. As it was magnanimous. It was magnanimous, very awkward, uh, you know, but I, I, yeah. I agree. With, I, I heard that this morning. I thought, wow, that's not very Trump-like. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And I think that he will see how long that lasts. Because to me, that showed uh, an indication by his campaign, I think an acknowledgement that, look, you're clearly in the driver's seat now. Now is the time to build towards uh, the convention in Milwaukee where you can, where you can hope where you'll be nominated. Um, and we'll see what happens. I think there's going to be a lot of discussion. I think more than any, any recent presidential race that I've been a part of, and I just turned 50 this past December, um, there is a lot of talk, I think, both in the Democratic primary and in the Republican primary about having there being alternatives to these candidates. Yeah. And I think we'll see where that manifests and where it goes, what other type of candidates starts to, to percolate out. I, I mean, no disrespect to third party candidates. I know you were talking about Jesse Ventura mm-hmm. uh, earlier about winning the governor's race. I worked on the 98 governor's race for Norm Coleman. So I have a pretty strong opinion about third parties. <laughs> yep. That was, and so I just will see what happens in, in in this race because I do think more than any other presidential cycle in kind of recent memory, I think there's gonna there's at least a market for a third party candidate. I don't know where that manifests itself as much as I believe in the two party system. Thank you, Jesse Ventura, for my belief in that. <laughs> um, uh, We'll see how that manifests and where they're done. But I can see, you know, it's, it's why I think Dean Phillips is rising in the polls in the Democratic side. Yeah. Uh, and on the Republican side, I think there's, there's still going to be a market for someone other than Trump and Biden in both sides. And we'll see how that manifests itself out coming into the, as this start, race starts to shape itself up. I've got one more question to Iowa, and I want to get to the Minnesota Republican Party. Michael, can you hang through a break here? 
Of course I can, sir. Michael Broadcorp, uh, former deputy chair of the Minnesota Republican Party, talking about the Iowa caucus and the state of the Minnesota Republican Party. That's next. Linda's Construction Time Check 1052. Time to invest in Infinity for Marvin Windows. Receive 50% off installation labor. Continuing our conversation with Michael Broadcorp, former deputy chair of the Republican Party of Minnesota. Let's get to the Minnesota Republican Party because, uh, as well articulated in a Star Tribune piece from this weekend, this battle that the Minnesota Republican Party has had, finances aside, and the mess that it was left in, the battle between the harder-right conservatives and the more moderates. On that note, I don't know if you saw this, but I just saw this, uh, Pat Garofalo will not run again. Another fairly moderate Republican, Kurt Doubt leaving. Uh, reflective of this battle uh, for, I guess, the heart of the Republican Party. Yes. Uh, very, first of all, uh, I know uh, Representative Doubt and Representative Garofalo very well. Uh, sad to see them go. They are two, uh, you know, just two great, uh, two great uh, leaders inside our party, and it's really sad to see them both go. And, you know, the Republican Party... Um, both nationally, but particularly in Minnesota, just to keep it very local, since all politics is local. Uh, we need to, There needs to be a space in t- inside the party for people just like Kurt Dowd and just like Pat Garofalo. And, boy, do I hope that they're leaving for uh, opportunities and not because of the circumstances mm-hmm. of the party, because uh, we, need, we need a broad, diverse tent inside this party, inside the Republican Party of Minnesota, and there needs to be spaces for people like those gentlemen. Yeah, and Kurt Doubt was on with Chad last week. He said he got an offer from a, a group that he's working with in Washington, so he attributes that to to an offer that he couldn't pass up. But it, it does speak, though, does it not, Michael, to the this battle that is being waged with, within the Republican Party? And if Minnesota's Republican Party continues to go further to the right in this state, is there hope for statewide elections? No, not if they keep going farther to the right. And I have faith more than ever that I think that the 2022 election was a good wake-up call for the party. I think that they're 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 doing some things to, to stabilize and build that stuff up. But make no mistake, um, the the introduction of Donald Trump into Minnesota politics is just not good. And uh, you know, disclosing obviously the fact that I, I didn't vote for him in 16 or 20. One of the problems that I think the Donald Trump candidacy has, again, just speaking locally, is how does he help the the Republicans in Minnesota win statewide or win the suburban seats? We got Amy Klobuchar up for re-election in, in 2024 in the state. That's that's a tough that's a tough hill to, to yeah. attempt to, to knock her off, and the hills are probably the size of Mount Everest. Uh, it's just tough. It's just tough to do. But if you think about Republicans and their ability to win in the suburbs and kind of build back in some of those traditional areas that they held. That's the concern I have with Donald Trump is that I don't see how Donald Trump is anything other than an anchor around these Republican candidates. And so I think in order for Republicans to win in this state, make gains in the House of Representatives uh, and pick some seats up, uh, and start to make some statewide progress. They have to think. They have to think about a little bit of a broader tent and making sure that people like Kurt Dowd and Packer Rosselo and a whole spectrum of Republicans can make up that kind of tent that needs us to win. I just worry about particularly that Donald Trump is not a in very inviting candidate. He doesn't bring people in. Politics, successful politics, is about addition 
and multiplication. And I worry that the politics of Trump is about division and subtraction. And that's the problem that we're going to have. Republicans are going to have in this state. And so um, that's why, you know, I think it's better for the Republican Party just overall uh, that Trump isn't the nominee, but we'll see where that goes. But Republicans in Minnesota, I think, uh, are going to, are going to have to really focus on, on those suburban seats and how they went over. You know, on the plus side, a little bit on the balance of that, you know, the, the elections were close on some of those legislative yep. races. You know, a few hundred votes last election cycle, yes. Adam, and Republicans are in, Republicans keep control of the House or they keep control of the Senate. It's the real puzzle that I think Republicans are trying to crack right now are those statewide elections. And I don't mean winning control of the House or winning control of the Senate, which is, ostensibly having a statewide office. I mean, mm-hmm. winning one of the actual statewide offices, the cl- knocking off Klobuchar or S- Senator Klobuchar Smith winning a U.S. Senate race or winning one of the constitutional races. And that's where the Republicans have come up really short. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for the time. Uh, we'll reach out again. We appreciate it. Hi, yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Stay warm and, and all the best to you. Absolutely. Michael Broadcorp, former uh Deputy Chair of the State Republican Party. Again, that news, Pat Garofalo, one of the more moderate Republicans, one of the Republicans working on the sports gambling. He will not uh, run again. He'll be on with Jason this afternoon at 3.05, so tune in. We'll hear more from Pat Garofalo at 3.05. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.